As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We have another on-location edition. We at The Athletic all got together is a little bit of a party, but not not for this animal. Mitch Sherman, our Nebraska beat writer, just been working out. I just watched you do a million burpees, heavy dumbbell thrusters. Like you, you do not play in the in the gym. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had to uh, after Cinco de Mayo last night. Oh yeah, um, you know we let loose a little bit uh, more with the food. Than I the heard drink, there was but, uh, the uh, ancient uh, art of karaoke. There was. I didn't participate in that, but oh. I, I observed, uh, saw saw some of it. Is that that is a Cinco de Mayo tradition, right? Karaoke. I, I think. I think it's. What a, do you have a, to? Is there a song that you would have to sing? Like, could you do like Margaritaville? I would do like low. Uh, could I do Lowrider by War? Because then you don't actually have to sing. You just have to. There was some songs. Dance along as, yeah, there were some songs. Oya Como Va. There was. Like, you don't have to do the, much there. Right. There were some songs where there was not a lot of singing going on, and not because that was the nature of the song, beca- yeah. because that was the uh, so the, the person who chose to sing it. So my go-to karaoke song, mm-hmm. I found someone by Cher. Okay. Classic '90s Cher. Yeah. yeah. You know, th- th- this is or maybe it's late '80s. After, if I could turn back time. Before the Ooh. Renaissance with Believe, yeah. you could just really go. You can get it. But I had multiple podcasts. I think I had a radio today. So, you know, they got to protect the instrument. So. Yeah. So my go-to karaoke, and it's it's uh, I say go-to, and I think it's been performed maybe twice mm. in my life. Um, not sure if it's ever happened in this country, but uh, yeah, once uh, is uh, Love Shack by the B fifty two. Oh, that's an excellent one, and it's got to be a duet. So you know, you're up on stage, and, and you know, with- well, we got to get Seth Emerson, our Georgia beat writer, because you know, Athens band, the B fifty two. Yes, so yes. We, we got to R.E.M. Sh- spinoff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got to do that. But right now, we need to talk Nebraska. Yes, because there is a lot going on in that program. The NCAA. <laughs> which still exists, by the way, <laughs> for breaking news, just announced that the penalties for the investigation into mm-hmm. the, the extra coaching, which it's funny because I just had Doug Howard on to talk Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that they're accused of is some of the dumbest cheating you've ever heard of. Yep. Like when Tennessee, I've heard when the notice of allegations finally comes out, it will be some of the dumbest stuff you've ever heard of. But Nebraska using extra impermissible coaches to coach special teams that is um 
I don't even know what the right word is to describe it. I think I, used, I wrote embarrassing in in my uh, in my write up on Monday. But this is their biggest problem, right? Of their many problems, and if you're going to cheat to do it, at least cheat with somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, in some way, it makes sense yeah. because they tried to cut corners right. on special teams, and that yeah. has been an Achilles heel for Scott Frost since day one at Nebraska. In all four seasons, they've not wanted to truly invest in special teams right. in the way that you need to do it to compete in the Big Ten West, and it's cost them over and over and over. And this instance is, okay, well, we don't really need a coach to do it. Yeah. We'll just bring an analyst in. Oh, well, but let's he, – he's going he's gonna to coach a little bit because everybody does that. Yeah. And then, fittingly for Nebraska, and as it, as it works in the past 20 years, they got caught. Hidden yards, field position. Come on, guys. Yeah. You do have to invest. It's a third of the game. Have you not heard every cliche in the history of football? Come on. No, I, I do think it, it's very interesting. This whole situation, because when that happened, when the investigation was announced, my first thought, because I'm super cynical, is, oh, they're trying to fire Scott Foss for free. Yeah. And maybe they got into this thing because it's a level two violation. This isn't something a coach normally would get fired over. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of look into that and you go, if they had fired him, he probably had a lawsuit if they didn't want to pay his buyout. Okay, well, we talked about this yeah. last August yeah. when the when the initial reports came out yeah. that there was an investigation. Right. And that's when Trev Alberts, the athletic director who'd been on the job for less than one m- month at that right. time, you know, pulled Scott Frost off the practice field. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scott was was unhappy, to say the least, yeah. to be there in front of the media that day to have to address these allegations 10 days before the opener at right. Illinois. And Trev was his normal cool collected self and 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 was very fatherly in that moment like and i don't mean fatherly in a <laughs> good say, way he's like three years I mean, older than scott so. i mean i mean father yeah. right i mean yeah. fatherly in the sense that like the kid just got caught sneaking out the car yeah. at, at, at night you know when he's 16 years yeah. old and was supposed to be in bed say you're sorry to mr sherman yes. and, <laughs> and mr chatelaine and, and <laughs> yeah yes it was it was that kind of a moment and i think we may have talked about it then that it did kind of seem like well you know who ratted them out you know yeah. was it bill moose who had been who had been Right. Fired, uh, you know, the AD. To, well, yeah. I'm sorry, he had been fired. Right. He, he had been shown the door yes. um, and given a fat paycheck uh, a couple of months earlier. Well, in the infractions report, the details come out that the investigation actually began in January of 2021. So right around the time that Jonathan Rutledge, the special teams analyst mm-hmm. in question here, was let go by oh. Scott Frost. Moose still had five, Dude, you six. You can't fire the guy you were cheating with. Right. Moose, Moose still had five, six months left to go. So I don't think he was going scorched earth at that that time yeah. um, no it, it didn't it didn't come from him um, it, actually it said media reports uh, what is what tipped off the NCAA well, and, and it's interesting because I remember reading a column in one of the one of the Nebraska either, I can't remember if it was World Herald or the Journal Star when one of their former assistants longtime assistants came back from LSU as an analyst Bill Bush yeah Bill Bush yeah. and it was and the column basically made it sound like Bill Bush was an assistant coach which listen that's how every, that's what everybody does we all know that. But you're not supposed to admit it. <laughs> so Bill Bush was a defensive analyst, and he was working with the secondary. And yeah. at least there was a secondary coach. Right. At least, you know, he, 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 was, he was an understudy or a, a, assisting right. somebody who could go out there and direct the players and tell them, hey, this is, where you need to, this is what you need to do in coverage. Right. With special teams, there was no special teams coach. And See, r- that, r- that, r- that yeah. just says the head coach is not doing what he's supposed to do because – all successful college football head coaches have someone who cares deeply about special teams. I mean, like Shane Beamer, who's now the, the head coach at South Carolina, 
was kind of the special teams coordinator. He had tight ends, I think, as his position group. But like at Georgia and Oklahoma, he was the special teams coordinator. That was his job. Think about Scott yeah. Frost and, and and getting his taste of success or tastes at of success UCF, yeah. in Oregon yeah. and UCF, where you overwhelm uh, opponents with your talent yeah. and your offensive scheme. And it minimizes, certainly in the AAC, mm-hmm. uh, that year in, in 17 yeah. when, when UCF beat teams 62 to 43. Well, they the had, week, they minimizes had, special teams. They had a return guy who could just. And you put talent torch. out there and they're yeah. going to get it done, yeah. whether you're paying attention to it or not. So Nebraska went from that, that, that analyst situation in 2020, yeah. um, to having a special teams coordinator on the field in 2021 who was also coaching the outside linebackers, yeah. um, which they tried before and, yeah. and that didn't work again last year. You know, directly. Directly losing two games, Michigan State and then mm-hmm. Iowa, because of a huge special teams mistake, in addition to other errors on special teams that contributed to losses, to now finally uh, Bill Bush, right. the, the the coach that you mentioned, yeah. who came back as a defensive analyst from LSU in his, in his third stint at Nebraska on the staff, um, he has finally been elevated to special teams hey, coordinator this year. All and, right. you know, he's a legal, one of the 10 assistant coaches, <laughs> there you go. and the guy is detail-obsessed. So yeah. here we are, year five. Got a special teams coordinator. I was writing about it after year one. Wow. Hire one of these guys. Well, here, here's the thing. You look at the math, and, and we've covered this pretty thoroughly. I wrote about it in The Athletic a few months ago. The circumstances of last season, they could play it again a thousand times, and they might go three and nine, like three of the thousand. It was highly unlikely the result that happened. Their aggregate score in the Big Ten was even, right? And they were yeah, one and because eight. of the yeah. plus 49 against Northwestern. R- right. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they were in those Every other game. games. Every yeah. game. So that's the part. I understand why they kept Frost. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because mm-hmm. if you play that season, you know, because eventually the math either evens out or works out in your favor. So you play – a similar season, you're probably looking at seven and five. If if you play those nine games that Nebraska lost by single digits, if you play each one of those seasons nine times, you're not going 0 and 81. But I don't think they're going 40 and 41, be, just because of some of the problems that exist within right. the program. We talk about special teams, yeah. you know, other attention to detail um, areas that didn't work out. If Nebraska had been two and seven or three and six in those nine single mm-hmm. digit losses, I would tend to say more like it will even out over time. Right. But if you do go 0 and nine and you lose all That's of them, true. it's then, kind of the then, same. Then, stuff. Stuff over right. and over. Then I think it's yeah. systemic. The, um, the Michigan so. State game, yeah. Just I just remember watching that punt go up and thinking, "This will be bad, <laughs> bad." I mean, the Nebraska defense didn't allow a first down in the second half of that game, yeah. And and then it went overtime and it fell apart after the after the punt return. So let's talk about that defense because that was the, clearly the strength of the yeah. team. They were they were outstanding, but they lost some talent now. What's interesting to me about this new world, Nebraska strikes me as the kind of place that can attract a really good transfer. And they, they just got Sean Mathis from yeah. TCU. It is a place where you can be a rock star if you're good and help the team be good. Uh, so NIL would be mm-hmm. – you, you could make it bank with, – with the NIL that, you know, that NIL is actually intended to be. Or – if somebody really wanted to to do a deal, I'm sure there's some passionate Nebraska fans who want to do that too. So it it strikes me as a, a time where they could reload a little bit. Whereas before, if they lost a bunch of talent, now you gotta you gotta dig it back up. 
Yeah, they're they're in double digits with the uh, with the, the Division One transfers. Mm-hmm. They've remade the the special teams, at least the well the return game with Trey Palmer, right, uh, wide receiver, you know, fastest guy on the team now from LSU. Came with Mickey Joseph, mm-hmm. um, receiver. He's going to return kicks, and then you know you got a punter who was the FCS punter of the year. You have a kicker coming in a- after the the spring semester, which is ending next week, um, from Furman, uh, a solid FCS kicker. So they've addressed these issues. Of course, the quarterback situ- situation we know about with Casey Thompson. He's Yep. The likely starter from Texas, you know, you have Chubba Purdy from Florida State. Um, there's a little bit of help on the offensive line, and and now you start talking about O'Shawn Mathis as a as a um, as an edge rusher mm-hmm. coming from TCU, picks Nebraska over Texas, um, and and then on the heels of that, Devin Drew um, from Texas Tech. Uh, who's a big space eater as an interior lineman, which is the, the most, the, the biggest area of need. They got help in the secondary with Tommy Hill, um, the Arizona State transfer who was who was a, a Nebraska target mm-hmm. a year ago out of high school. Um, running back, there's a JUCO running back. There's there's help all over the field with the transfers. Um, Nebraska's bidding to be the 2022 Michigan State. Right. Um, I don't know if there's a Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. who came walking through that door. Maybe. That's O'Shawn Michigan Mathis. Michigan State didn't know that when Kenneth right. Walker came walking. Right. Through that door. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I, I don't I, I'm hesitant to to pump sunshine when it comes to Nebraska because right. I feel like they I, I, their fan base not it's not the team it's not the coaching staff but the fan base I feel like gets victimized by that because and you and I have talked about this a bunch of times the coverage of Nebraska is so intense it is the thing everybody's the most interested in it is all you hear about on the radio when you're there it is all that's written about in the newspapers there and you got to write about something in the off season. So now you, you naturally tend toward optimism. Yeah. It's and, the off season. You're not losing games. Yeah. <laughs> but in this particular case, the circumstances have changed in a way that I do think it favors Nebraska. Well, the thing that I continue to come back to as, as I, you know, shape my off season coverage are a couple of things, right? You're, you're right. There is always that tendency to kind of look at the glass half full, um, from January through July. Um, but, couple things. One, you can't help but ignore the situation that occurred in November after the Ohio State game when Scott Frost did get that reprieve, mm-hmm. the terms that were that were attached to it. Yes. The buyout gets cut in half, 50%. It goes from 15 to 7.5 million on October 1st. That's so six the, games in, right? It's five games. Five it was games six. Uh, they, they added a bye week with right. the reshuffled Big Ten schedule. So it's Indiana. It's the fifth game of the year, mm-hmm. that day. Um, if Nebraska's in, in, a, in a bad place on October 1st, I'm not saying Scott Frost gets fired that day after the game, but the writing will be very, very clear on yeah. the wall. I mean, if you're two and three, 
you know, that's going to be an ugly next six weeks to Black Friday. Yeah. That is one thing that kind of keeps me grounded mm-hmm. and 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 straying you know not not leaning toward that that normal optimistic off-season state right. and the other thing is we talked a little bit about the defensive line um, and up until a week ago there was no good news for the defensive line and it's kind of the same thing for the offensive line Nebraska is its biggest questions are at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Cam Jurgens off to the Philly, right. Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And, Second yeah. round pick. Big, big, big questions. The two, the top two returning offensive linemen, uh, Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prohaska, missed the spring coming off of, uh, of surgeries. Mm-hmm. Those guys have got to get back. They've got to be the anchors for this line. Are they going to be ready by August? Even if they are, are they going to mesh into this new system with Donovan Rayola, the, the offensive line coach who comes from the Chicago Bears? He's in his first College familiar name full in time assistant, absolutely <laughs> brother of Dominic Rayola, right. uncle of Dylan Rayola, yes. the top <laughs> top quarterback in the twenty twenty four class. Who I I I, I don't think uh, is going to fulfill the the, the dreams the of, of all. Uh, we'll How's see. Your family, come we'll on. See. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would I'd say I'd say look to Columbus, Ohio oh. as a, as a possibility. Well, but there. what have they done with Quo? Wait, wait. <laughs> they they pump out first rounders. So so if you don't. Play what if your weakness as a program in the Big Ten West against Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa is the offensive and defensive lines? It doesn't really matter this talent that you've brought in from the transfer portal at the skill positions. Yeah, you've got to be solid at those at, in the so, trenches. It's interesting because I've been talking to a lot of people about this over the past few weeks. The D line, there's been a little bit. You've seen some edge rushers move around. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, you have not seen much at all. Interior defensive line. You yeah. haven't seen much. That's at why all. those guys are at such a premium yeah, in the they're, NIL. They're yeah. at a premium. They they don't. Yeah. There aren't many of them. They tend to already be at your Alabamas, your Georgias, yeah. your Ohio States. But I also was thinking. I was talking to an offensive line coach about this. Is it possibly because they're just more loyal? Like that the, the, their personality type does not well, lend itself to. It's a good question. Wanting I, to leave in the I mean, offensive world? linemen. Aren't they always like the pragmatic types? Yes. The, the uh, you know, the, they're the they're the smart Your guys. Your job is to protect anonymously. Right. Those are the guys who become accountants. You know, right. like when, when they when they don't medical make it to device the salesman, Mitch. <laughs> medical device. Right. So many medical device salesmen. I know. I, I mean, right. In in many years of covering Nebraska yeah. football and then living in Omaha, where where so many of the the Nebraska football alums yeah. end up settling and raising families, like the offensive linemen who were from like my generation mm-hmm. who played. I mean, they're they're all like regular guys like yeah. good guys and i don't know that i can say the same thing necessarily about like many other positions on the field so yeah i think that i think their offensive linemen are, are just kind of um they're, they're built a certain way yeah um not just physically which makes it harder if that's where you've got deficiencies yeah. i i do i feel i hadn't portal. even thought about that but yeah. i do think they're just like personality wise it's less of a tendency for those guys to be in the portal and <laughs> they're like ah i'm comfortable all my clothes are here yeah <laughs> I don't. I know I where don't I like to move. eat. Like yeah. my, my favorite restaurants. Or <laughs> yeah. you gotta find a new taco place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the time? Right. Right. So. And 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 it wasn't. Nebraska needed more help from the portal on the D line yeah. than it did on the offensive line. It did get two offensive line transfers. Kevin Williams from Northern Colorado. He's an Omaha yeah. North uh, graduate, and and he's come in and and been serviceable. And then Hunter Anthony, um, a, a veteran lineman from Oklahoma state. Yeah. Um, but neither one of those guys is going to go out there and, and, and be, you know, an all big star. Yeah. yeah. So they, 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 and, and Jurgens, you mentioned Jurgens. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he was back as the anchor of that thing, yeah, it'd be a different conversation. <laughs> and, and that's why I explained to people that NIL is not the dollar figures that you hear getting thrown around because 
nobody was going to match what Cam Jurgens was going to make his first year as a second round draft pick for the Eagles. Like that, that's not going to happen. So. Of course not. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, it benefits Cam Jurgens and, and his future not just in twenty twenty two, but, but get, faster on your get next there. Contract, I mean, look yeah. at him getting to learn from Jason Kelsey, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. Uh, I'm happy for Cam Jurgens because he's been through so much. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to his high school time and and decide. I mean, he almost went to LSU before yeah. before Frost. You know, reeled him in. The LSU that, Nebraska know. connection we, we, with Mickey Joseph now and Bill yeah. Bush, who, who was there before. Right. It goes both ways, and that's and that's why a guy like Cam Jurgens out of Beatrice, Nebraska, um, when it was things were falling apart under Mike Riley in 2017, that's why LSU was the school that was able to get in with a you know he's a top hundred player mm-hmm. nationally. Oh yeah, um, he's a tight. He was a tight end. Yeah, and LSU was able to come in and, and because it had those Nebraska connections on its staff, and and you know Frost, to his credit, after getting hired, immediately targeted Cam Jurgens and then made the right decision. People, Scott Frost gets. A ton of credit, should get a ton of credit for seeing that Cam Jurgens as a high school tight end could be a great center. Yeah. And from the beginning, he said, this guy can play in the NFL. Yeah. And four years later, he's the number 51 pick <laughs> well, in the draft. And, and now Cam Jurgens learning from a future Hall of Fame center oh. who's, whose brother's yeah. kind of a good tight end. Right, yeah. right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And maybe he yeah, can go to go to Thanksgiving with the Kelseys or something That's like right. that. Yeah, yeah he, can, he can trade tight end stories with Travis. So, But yeah, it's, it is a... Uh, it's such a strange dynamic with Nebraska because obviously there is so much frustration. But you look at how close everything was last season and it, and they did address the issues. It it does seem like they have really addressed them this time. Yeah. Attempted to. So what does it take? So not even after game 5, but Assuming Frost gets through this season, that it's not a complete disaster and, and they don't do something. What does it take for him to be back and and for them to be looking at him as as the actual long-term solution? Um, well, continue to deal with the special teams in the way that they have. That's until it's fixed, mm-hmm. it's it's not. That's one so, of the if if it's bad and even if they're okay, do you you just do it anyway? You, you get rid of them anyway because it. it it's like the same problem over and over again feels like well i think there's a i think there's a win number right and if you look bad at special teams but you win seven or eight games which isn't likely to happen right because you probably uh, can't yeah, do the yeah. one without yeah. doing the other yeah then then maybe there's a way around what you just suggested but but yeah if you know if if it does look the same like you continue to be tripping over your own feet mm-hmm. and having these self-inflicted losses uh, and not to say that that those the teams that beat Nebraska beat Nebraska. I don't want to be saying that Nebraska gave those games away a couple of times. I, I, but, but, I'm kind of happy to say it for the Michigan State game. I, yes, like Iowa, yes. they didn't. Like Iowa did beat them. Yes. They had the the block punt, but they also dominated the fourth, the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not it's not just that play. It was Nebraska. It was Nebraska help Nebraska opening the door to yeah. allow all of Michigan. The right. fumble by Adrian Martinez when Nebraska is driving for a score that beats Michigan, a college football playoff team. You know, yeah. these Illinois are the, the scoop and score fumble. Right. These are things yeah. where Nebraska put it on the carpet, you know, yeah. literally. And the, those those these Big Ten teams well, took it. Even Oklahoma, there were opportunities for yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, they could have beaten yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. That so So to answer your question about what needs to happen for it to work long term for Scott Frost, they just need to be a a functional like there, there can't be this constant. Competent? Is constant competent the right drama. word? Yeah, I mean, I've used functional a lot, but yeah. it's, I think competence a good, a good synonym there. Yeah, 
the teams that succeed in Nebraska's division follow a formula of strong, physical, offensive line play, solid special teams. They're not overly flashy. Yeah. And I don't necessarily believe that Nebraska has to be that exact. They don't need to be a Wisconsin replica. Right. Wisconsin's probably going to do it, going to do their thing better than Nebraska for the near future right the, you know it's, yeah. it's, it's not gonna this is not gonna turn in, by 2025 where all of a sudden nebraska's mastered wisconsin's so you can be different that's right. fine i mean there's there's examples of this purdue is different exactly. and has stepped up yeah. and had success so nebraska can do its thing and can it hasn't can attract enough talent and and has the nil structure and different things in place i mean they're building this this massive new complex that's going to be the the biggest in you know college yeah. football when it opens. They, they feel very can, similar to Texas A and M in that aspect, where people are still giving, they're still building. They can do a bunch of NIL stuff if they want to because of the environment, because the people are so passionate. They can be their own yeah. program and yeah. do it their own way and and have success. Not 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 Clemson success, but like Iowa or Wisconsin oh, success. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say I was going to say Michigan, and I was and I was thinking like. Okay, Michigan made the college football playoff. Could Nebraska ever? Yeah, why not? Like, could it happen once in a decade? Sure. Yeah, right. you you could. If you were a team that is that is capable of winning the West most years, then there is a there's going to be a year when you can beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game and go to the playoff. And also, if the playoff expands, you may not have to. Right. You know, you think Michigan State made it. Right, and and that same year, Iowa also would have made it. Would have made it with a win. I so, mean, they were a, they were a no, fourth, no, no. Fourth, uh, but they would have made a, a twelve team playoff. Iowa would have just oh, made sure, it. sure, yeah. sure. Oh, would have made a twelve. Would have made the fourteen playoff if they if with, right. without the fourth down at Absolutely. the goal line. Yeah. Well, that 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 drive by Michigan State <laughs> is that's the most Big Ten drive I've ever seen in my life. So, I think I do think it's there is hope at Nebraska, it, and and I, you and I have talked about this a bunch of times. I, I realize that. The average person who is not following Nebraska football that closely assumes Nebraska fans think the '90s are coming back. I've never got that impression right. from people in Nebraska. That, not not in the last 15 years. Yeah, yeah. They seem, Steve Peterson thought it w- yeah. in 2004, and that's right. about the last time. Right. Yeah. They seem very realistic about what the future prospects are, what the expectations should be. It's just they they have not been met. the The realistic expectations have not been met. So. Now they got to figure that out. We'll be right back after these words. I did want to ask you, even though he's not on the team anymore, about Adrian Martinez. He's he's off to Kansas State. How is he going to be remembered at Nebraska? I think he'll be remembered fondly um, because uh, you know of of what a um, you know just what a tough guy he mm-hmm. was um, as. As his career at Nebraska wound down, um, we heard, you know, things were confirmed right. about the injuries that he that he endured. The, the crazy injuries. Yeah, I like mean, his jaws, broken jaw. Shot. Yeah, he, the guy was eating, drinking from, through a straw in order to be able to play. For I mean, and Adrian has talked about this um, since he's left Nebraska. Once the jaw healed, yeah, yeah, and he talked about it after after he transferred, and you know, some of the some of the um, some things simmered down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he'll be remembered as just, uh, and he was a great leader yeah. and, and, you know, and so, and, and so, uh, you know, so good, you know, it, with his, with his public, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff he did, like the front facing things. Yeah. I mean, Adrian's, I don't know what he's going to do, you know, 10 years from now, whether he's going to be in the media, whether he's going to be, you know, in politics, whether he's going to be like, uh, you know, some kind of a, a CEO. He's not going to be an insurance um, salesman with the offensive line. No. Right? <laughs> okay. and, and, and those guys can be very successful, but Adrian's yeah. going to be somebody who, who people know yeah. and is going to be out there. He's going to be leading some kind of a group. That's the kind of person he is. He didn't win. Um, Nebraska didn't win with him. He set records. I don't necessarily think that's his legacy. Right. That he that he that his yardage total is, yeah, is, people is up there. Look back on no, that. It's yeah. more just. I think it's the person that he was and how much he gave to the program. It, it you know it does come down to wins. He's not going to be remembered like Tommy Frazier or, or yeah. Eric Crouch, Turner Gill, but he has his spot and it's secure. But see, that's what I like about Nebraska fans because they are educated football fans. Mm-hmm. Like they know what happened was not. Adrian Martinez's fault, right? That he was he was doing he was much fa- every, he, everything he could. He was a factor. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, he he. There were some moments there where were where, fumbles, where yes. right where yeah. the, the, the it was kind of the opposite of clutch. Yeah. Um, there were some times, uh, but again, he needed people around. Right. You him. can't put all of that on him. And he his receiving talent. His first year had a good receiver, mm-hmm. Stanley Morgan in yep. the NFL with the Bengals, and then it was like. Okay, make this work with Wandale Robinson. Again, recent second-round pick right. who had to go to Kentucky to yep. do that. But, oh, also, Wandale is going to be your, your running back. Yeah. And sometimes he'll play a receiver, and he's really the only weapon right. that Nebraska had for a couple of years yeah. with Adrian as the quarterback. And he's getting beat up. Knee injuries, shoulder injuries, you know, lack a, of lack of of development on the offensive line. No identity. No help from the special teams. You know, the defense was you know slowly but surely getting better. Getting but better. Not there yet. Yeah, yeah. That's what Wandale is interesting because he was Kentucky's most dynamic playmaker by far. But they had three or four NFL offensive linemen mm-hmm. blocking for some pretty good backs. Mm-hmm. Will Levis, pretty good quarterback, getting in the ball. And it's amazing how efficient you become once you do that. Right, I read I read uh, Wandale's comments about how this never would have happened. This being him drafted in the second round, if he had stayed at Nebraska, and I think there were some Nebraska people, um, fans, uh, perhaps inside the program, who you know took offense to that and thought you know, but it, but it's it's, it's not I, wrong, I right? And it's not wrong, and I don't think he meant it mean spirited. No, I think it's think he. It was more like Kentucky had this situation set up for me to be able to succeed, and yeah. it just wasn't that way at Nebraska, and that is just a straight fact yeah yeah and that's what and and it's funny because what is kentucky if not a big 10 west team sure yeah what does mark stoops do he goes into ohio and says ohio state doesn't want you come play for for me so you can go play against you know georgia and and alabama and on and all those guys or he recruits a quarterback who says penn state doesn't want you come here through the transfer portal Penn state has chosen another person (laughs) come yeah. Come to me. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah, so Kentucky might be the best Big Ten West team, if, <laughs> if we really think about it. Well, so. if you put last year's Kentucky team in the Big Ten West, I think it would have had a lot of success. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I bet they're just built that way. So it's it, it's, But it's also another good model because they don't run the Wisconsin offense. They don't run the Iowa offense. They're, they're trying to run the, the Shanahan, the, you know, Mike down to Kyle McVay, you know, so that that offense. Can you imagine like the, we're, we're having this conversation about how Nebraska can look at Kentucky as a model for how to fix some things in its football program? Good uh, lord! I, like <laughs> could, yeah, let's let's go back to somebody in 1995 and yeah. explain that yeah. 
that that logic. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be like saying it the opposite with uh, with basketball. Exactly. Like, oh, hey, Kentucky, you know, go look at Nebraska basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Kentucky's looking for some some pointers after uh, the St. Peter's loss. So. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. But Nebraska, yeah. Nebraska would love to lose to St. Peter's in the NCAA. Tournament. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but it is it is amazing that we're we're thinking about it that way. But that's that's sort of where it is right now. But I do think I, I'm very excited to watch Nebraska this season just because. Okay. Stuff's going to happen. It's going to be very eventful one way or the other. Either they've turned it around Mm -hmm. and we start looking at an upward trajectory Mm -hmm. and potentially this, because again, I think the circumstances, and I don't know how long this NIL stuff, it will, it will morph. Mm -hmm. The, The structure will change all that stuff. But if it is what it is now for a little bit longer, I think that benefits Nebraska. And then you know, if they're on an upward trajectory, if they feel like the coach isn't, you know, doing what he's supposed to be doing, they might be able to get some guys out of the portal. They might be able to get some some recruits mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have been in the mix for earlier. I'm excited um, about seeing Nebraska in a litmus test game in the opener because mm-hmm. one, it's in, it's in Ireland. So yeah, I'm excited about that, yeah. but, but uh, also it's against the, you know, we mentioned that this the point differential. It's against that team right. that you thumped by 50 points mm-hmm. last year. So Which, if, if you, if, if you as Nebraska are, if you lose to them a year later, yeah. what does that say about well, this? this, is, this like, Northwestern this, is one of those every other year teams. I know, and, and it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous yeah. because you, you're not going to beat them by 49. I mean, right. even though I think the spread's like double digits. It's like 10 and a half. And it's like, well, wait, 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 this is Nebraska-Northwestern. They, yeah. play, they play overtime games every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget what happened last year. That was, that was, that right. was weird. That was fluky. That's, that's not going to happen but once every 12 years in this series. So, uh, <laughs> and then, so this, that game is going to tell us a lot. Mm-hmm. If Nebraska goes to Dublin and Northwestern pushes Nebraska around at the line of scrimmage, oh boy. it's going to be a long, long year in that area that's a red flag. Well, I, think, I think it's going to be a short – it's going to be a, a, a barrel through September, and then, yeah. and then they start looking toward the future yeah. in October and, if that happens. And then the other yeah. one is Oklahoma comes to Lincoln – for the first time mm-hmm. since the Big Twelve days, and you know we saw a competitive, good, well played, what you know, interesting, fun game in Norman last right. year, and and you know there's some so much so much change at OU, um, yeah. so it, it's a different kind of OU team, and this is an opportunity for Scott Frost to get a signature win. Yeah, and I mean people. I haven't heard a, it's May. I haven't heard a lot of talk about it yet, but I think as we get into the summer and some of that excitement, as you said, ramps up, which it always does. Yeah. It's going to in July. I mean, not like excitement as oh they're going to win ten games, but like okay, what's the best case scenario here? Mm-hmm. Like, could they beat Oklahoma? I mean, Oklahoma's like maybe a, a lower half of the top twenty-five. Look at the game that happened last year. They're going to be yeah. bra- they're breaking in a new coach, a new quarterback. Um, you know, it's the game is it's it's in Lincoln. The Huskers could be could could be undefeated at that point because if if you beat Northwestern, yeah. So that is Scott Frost hasn't had yeah. a signature win, right? He hasn't, you know, you know, he beat Michigan State uh, in the snow um, in year one. It was it was a 500 Michigan State. I mean, there's there's not he hasn't beaten Iowa, hasn't beaten Wisconsin. So hey, here's your chance. That's right, and that'll happen. Or the opposite direction happens, and mm-hmm. you're dealing with a coaching search probably in October, November. Yeah. And look, Nebraska, with the rules different, with the environment different, maybe a different job, maybe looked at differently as a job. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire somebody right now. We're we're sitting here in, in May, so we're not firing anybody here. But 
it would be intriguing to see how that job would be viewed. Now, Scott Frost has a chance to make sure nobody even thinks about that. So we'll see. I never want to see anybody get fired, so hopefully he can, he can get that straightened out and they have a good early season and, and this gets all figured out. But you're going to have an eventful year to cover one way or the other. That's, uh, you know, that's really the most important thing. That's right. The news never stops with Mitch Sherman. Mm-hmm. All right, he's going to get back in the gym. He's, he's got some more thrusters. Uh, Done for the day. I, for the I'm, week. It's Friday. I'm, I'm just imagining you singing Love Shack now. That's that's real. The real mystery. Not going to do it here. Not even a little tin roof rusting. No, not going to do it. I mean, yeah. I tried. Yeah. No.